And this is Gourmet Geeks. Listen up, educators. Are you looking to take your classroom to the next level? The technological shift in education is happening right now. If you're looking to integrate technology into your classroom, you're in the right place. Welcome to Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. Well, welcome back to another Shifting Our Schools. I hope you enjoyed that intro this week. And if you understand what Gourmet Geeks is, then I'm afraid that you're probably a stalker. Uh, that was a fantastic opening. It was so good. That was my wife and Amanda Ducardi doing the Gourmet Geeks intro. And if you don't know what Gourmet Geeks is, well, then uh, you're in for a surprise. Gourmet Geeks is actually a cooking show that Andy and Taurus, uh, Amanda and my wife put together back in 2007 and 2008. And back in 2007, 2008, we were actually working in, in China together, in Shanghai together. And uh, the way it came about was Twitter was brand new in, tw- in uh, 2007. And my wife was taking Chinese lessons at night. And the nights that she would take Chinese lessons, I would actually cook dinner. And I started... Uh, again, Twitter was brand new. So I started as I was cooking dinner, putting out on Twitter what I was cooking for dinner and the ingredients I was using. And I was taking photos and uploading photos to show people um, of of what I was creating for dinner that night. And somebody, and I don't even remember who at this point, I'll have to go back and look in my Twitter stream. But at some point, somebody said, hey, this looks really delicious. You should have a cooking show. And if you know anything about me, you know, you don't say things like that because what you end up with is a cooking show. And uh, I actually went to Andy Torres, who at the time was, I think he was either still the elementary school principal, or he might have moved into a deputy uh, director role at that time. I can't remember exactly what his role was. But I went to Andy and said, hey, what if once a month, twice a month, we got together and we had a cooking show where we taught geeks to cook? And that is where the show Gourmet Geeks came to be. We had a domain name and uh, there was no live streaming back in the day for Facebook. Uh, Facebook wasn't even actually public yet. Uh, Twitter's only a year old. Uh, YouTube is only what, two, three years old at this point. So there's no really, there's no real way to live stream except for a little startup called Ustream.tv, who is still around today. And so we would set this up and, and I wish I could, I wish you could be able to be there to see it. We had such a great time reminiscing about this setup. So you have to imagine we're in Andy and Amanda's house in China. And the only way we could get this to work because of the technology at the time is we had a digital video camera on a tripod and we had the tripod on top of their kitchen table to get the angle into the kitchen. And so here's this uh, video camera on a tripod in that is facing the kitchen. And then of course it had to be connected, uh, wired to a laptop. So Amanda Ducardi's job was to run the laptop. So she ran the Twitter stream. We had a Twitter account, Gourmet Geeks. Uh, and then also Ustream TV came with uh, running comments, live comments. So people could watch us live and then also leave comments. And so Amanda ran the technology side of things. Um, my wife would basically play babysitter. And uh, Amanda and uh, Andy had two daughters or have two daughters. And we just got to uh, hang out with them again when I was in when we were in China last week. Uh, at the time, I think they were maybe one year old and three years old. And so my wife's job was to actually um, 
babysit the kids. She uh, Once in a while, the kids got away, so there's quite a few times the kids ended up in the shots, would run over to hug their dad, or Andy would be holding one of the kids. Um, their youngest daughter, Amelia, doesn't even remember Gourmet Geeks at the time. Uh, but it was an incredible time to just be trying stuff. And I think that's what I remember most about 2000, 2000, uh, 2007, 2008, is we were trying everything. You know, we started this podcast, Shifting Our Schools was started in 2007. Uh, Andy Torres and I did another podcast for the school where when he was the elementary school principal, we bought some equipment at the school and we actually had a weekly podcast for parents where Andy would update parents on the happenings of the school. He would walk around and interview kids. Uh, and we actually had a podcast channel for the elementary school, which I don't find happening today. And we were doing this in 2007. And then we had this cooking show. Uh, We had somewhere between 10 and 15 people that would watch us live uh, because we were doing this at about between seven and eight o'clock at night. It was early morning here in the States. And so we had a lot of people that were watching uh, while they were eating breakfast. Uh, And we were just playing with all of this technology back in the day. And it's just, it's crazy to think what that would be or how we would set that up today with things like you know, YouTube Live, where now you can go to YouTube and with one click of a button, you're on a platform that has millions and millions, if not billions of users. And it's just how easy it would be today and how little we're taking advantage of that at schools. And here we were, you know, 10 years ago when all of this technology was new and we were making it work. We were finding ways to, to reach out, to explore some of the things that we could get, do with technology. And And that's really what this, I think, more than anything, that's what today's session is about, is I actually, just last week, Andy invited me back into China. He is now the head of a school called Avenues, which is a profit school, for-profit school uh, that started in New York, and then they opened up their second campus in Sao Paulo, and just a fantastic school uh, looking at doing learning differently uh, in the 21st century. And and that's really what I love, And, and, you know... I think for me, knowing where Andy's been with all of this exploration with me back in the day, uh, we were trying all kinds of crazy stuff, you know, back in the early 2000s when Web 2.0 had just come out. And to see him now be the head of a school who is very progressive in their thinking of what does it mean to educate children for their future, not our past, is so powerful. And I'm so excited that, you know, last week, my wife and I got to go back. Um, We got to hang out with their daughters. We got to hang out with them and reminisce about all this amazing stuff we were doing over 10 years ago and, and where that has led us to today in education. You know, where I am now consulting full-time with this, uh, working with school districts, and, and where he is being the head of a school, and we're all li- li- living our passions. And even Amanda, his, his wife, is now a consultant. Uh, she tr- travels around helping schools uh, with assessment. And what does it mean to you know formative and, and summatively assess kids? And she does a lot of work around that as well. So we're all living our passion. And it's just, it's so great to go back and, and you know, and think about how far we've come and where all this stuff started. You know, this podcasting stuff's been around for a long time. And I just, I love doing it. I've been, I can't believe I've been doing this for 10 plus years. Uh, the other thing is just, you know, the way we live today. I mean, here I am in, in Moses Lake, Washington, which is in the middle of the state, uh, roughly three hours from Seattle. And yet 48 hours ago, I was in Hong Kong. And to me, that's just mind blowing to think that how small of a world do we live in? 
that 48 hours in 48 hours, I can literally fly across the Pacific, get in a car and be in a small town in, in America. Uh, it's just an incredible time period that we find ourselves in. And we've got to take advantage of this for our students. We've got to understand that all the power to do all of this is out there. I mean, we were live streaming video over 10 years ago. Where is that in your classroom? We are talking about a generation that is media first. You know, they are a YouTube generation. Where are we using video with them? Where are, we, where are we taking all of this stuff now that is not new, that's been around for so long, and applying that in our classrooms in really creative ways, getting kids to create some amazing content? And so I hope you enjoyed today's episode. It is uh, Andy Torres and I uh, talking about his school, uh, some of the visions that he has now in 2019 for education. Uh, we dig into a little bit of what does he look for in a teacher and, and how has that changed over the years, which I think is a great insight from a head of school who's actually hiring um, hiring people. Uh, I apologize a, a little bit for the audio. Uh, we were actually recording this um, um, while over dinner. And we were sitting outside and all of a sudden a thunderstorm literally came out of nowhere. So if you hear, if it hears like there's thunder and lightning and it's raining uh, and there's wind, that's because that's exactly what happened. And we actually had to pause uh, the recording and head inside the restaurant and finish up the recording in there. So if you feel like you're in a restaurant with us, that's probably because you were in a restaurant with us. But appreciate, um, I hope you appreciate this show. Uh, of Andy and I talking about his new school called Avenues, and you can find out more at avenues.org. Just an incredible school, and uh, just us talking about where education has gone and where education is headed. And so uh, um, enjoy the show. And until next time, I'll see you on the network. All right, well, welcome back to another episode of Shifting Our Schools. I'm so excited to be here with my good friends, Andy and Amanda. And if you heard Amanda and my wife, Dania, at the beginning of this, and you uh, know what Gourmet Geeks is, you are definitely a longtime listener. And so uh, we're so excited to have you around. And someday when you find me, you're going to have to ask about Gourmet Geeks if you listen to this episode, because it was a long time coming. But I'm here with my good Gourmet Geeks friend... Uh, Andy Torres. Hi, Andy. Hey, how are you? Good. It's good to have you back. Andy's been on the show a lot. Amanda, his wife, was on the show back in the day. Uh, You can go back and find those episodes from 2007, 2008, or all episodes before episode 30 uh, were done back then. But I'm here in Shenzhen, China with Andy, who is, what is your official title? Head of school? I'm a head of school, yes. Of Avenues. Avenues, the world school, Shenzhen, yes. There we go. And let's talk a little bit about the school, because the school is has a different approach. The idea of being a world school is something very specific. Yeah, I, I think uh, everyone should understand that as a world school, we, we perceive our uh, impression on uh, the local community to be from the inside out instead of from the outside in. Oh, cool. Uh, our uh, curriculum um, uh, brings a framework in which we embrace the local context, the local curriculum, um, and then we help our students to understand themselves and their community, and then their school, and then the greater uh, part of their country, and then the world themselves. And wow, Jeff, it's really starting yeah. to storm here. We're getting uh, a really—I don't know if you can hear this, but it's really starting to storm here. We might have to. Good thing we're undercover. Yeah, here. yeah, I think we'll but, be okay. Uh, so anyway, I, I, I think that it's it's really important for uh, families to understand that as a global school. 
we have a, an imperative to make sure that our kids can and will be part of a global community, but also integral part of their local community. I love that. That's so good. All right, so after that brief, uh, literally, storm closure, we had to run inside here. impressive. It was very <laughs> impressive. It just came out of nowhere on us. Um, so this is the third campus for Avenues, correct? This is, you have one in New York. Officially, officially yes, uh, although it's, it's, it's tough to, to say that because we also have an online presence, uh, oh, cool. Avenues Online. So, uh, can kids we, take the whole thing online, or is it for students at, at the school? It, 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 you can do an entire Avenues education from uh, middle grades up. Yeah. We, we don't have an elementary program for Avenues oh, at this cool. point. Um, but uh, it was intended to uh, service uh, the Avenues families who are mobile, um, who may be in positions or places where Avenues education is not available, but they want to, they wish to continue that, and so it's a, it's a good opportunity for, for a, a few families right now. We're hoping to cool. expand that moving forward. That's very cool. So we've been talking about shifting our schools for a long time. You've been on this podcast since it started back in 2007. Yep. And what have you seen? I mean, we're talking, you know, from the time this podcast started and you were one of our first guests on this podcast over 10 years ago now, you know, I mean, we're talking when this podcast started, the iPhone, literally we started the podcast before the iPhone came out, even though it was the same year. And they're just what we've seen technology wise and the shifting of the educational scene. What have you noticed from a leadership perspective, just, you know, leading schools through this incredible shift that we see ourselves in. Well, I, I'm going to talk about my current context because I, I, I think that's a, a one that uh, is important to me right now and I, I can talk about a few other schools I guess I suppose along the way, but ultimately with Avenues um, technology is an important part of what yeah. we do at our school, but it is not front and center. It is just who we are. We, we uh, tell our uh, community we are an Apple Distinguished School, but I think this, the, the important part about that is that Apple um, products are not you know, a, a ubiquitous part of what we do every day. Right. They are just sort of, you know, kind of like the water we swim in. Uh, technology is, uh, you know, there. We use it when necessary. And so thus when, we, when we're building units of study, we look at technology as a very uh, uh, extremely available tool um, where, you know, back in the day, back you yeah. know, when you and I first started, we had to search, we had to be creative, yeah, we had exactly. to think about it. And now, you know, I put a few teachers in the room, we start talking about it, and we don't have to say, well, so how's technology going to be used? They've already thought through how specific pieces of software or web uh, apps or whatever it may be, um, hardware, iPads, uh, cameras, phones, computers, laptops, those are just kind of part of what we do. We don't, we, we don't, we don't think about it anymore. They're paper and pencil. They're, yeah, it's they're, the they're water, right? Yeah. We, we're swimming in them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and we, and, 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 you know, what makes me smile is when a teacher who I don't ever consider to be super geeky just brings up an app that they've used and it's like, yeah, well, you know, we can use this or we can use that. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to say specific ones because yeah, I think yeah. there's so many of them and they're all very important. Yeah. Right. It's just whatever works at the time. Yeah. I've always also noticed teachers coming straight into our programs that we've hired, they have a toolkit that they just go to. Yeah. And they, they know them, they use them, and when they bring them up at the table with other teachers, the teachers sort of shrug and nod their head and off they go. Yeah. It, and 
gosh, I remember when we would bring up, oh my gosh, the, like we were teaching uh, teachers Dreamweaver, uh, a Dreamweaver, <laughs> or, or, right? Or, or you know, back there, way, way before even probably you were teaching. Like I remember HyperCard, yeah, you know, <laughs> where we were like teaching teacher, teaching teachers how to help students to think through logic, yeah, and presentation, and little you know eight inch Mac screens, yeah. You know, I, 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 it makes me happy. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a lot of complications that come along with that, but we don't we don't worry about it honestly. Yeah. It's just us, and and, and my my school sources for it, resources for it, like we would do for chalkboards and pencils and everything else. It's not yeah. a big deal anymore for us. Yeah. How has you know through the years? How has your Hiring. What do you look for in hiring a teacher now that you might not have looked at, or how is, has that changed? Has that changed at all in through this? Like, are you hiring a different type of teacher for your school because of tech or, or the the mindset or the ability to try something on? Is that something that have you noticed a change in teachers that way, or is, are you looking for a different teacher that way? Well, I, I, and I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not a young guy anymore. I've been around a while, and, uh, and I, I hate to say it, but people who are from my generation, you know, I, I heard you speak today about uh, millennials and yeah. uh, and and uh, those who are older. Yeah. Um, the boomers and Gen Xers. Yes. Well, yeah. as a boomer, yeah. I was the only boomer in the room, by yes. the way, today. I know. Uh, I was going to make fun of you, but yeah, I decided not you. to. Thank you. Uh, but. I would say that I'm very cognizant of the of the generation with whom I'm interviewing at the time. I, I don't have any problem hiring people in their fifties. Yeah. But if you're if you're my age, yeah. I'm gonna drill down a little bit harder on your technology savvy. Interesting. Even to the say the point if you're born even you know, if I if I say that you're probably in your, you know, mid to late forties, I'm going to ask a few more questions knowing your educational background. And so I spent more time now drilling down on uh, educational history of the individual. Say, where'd you go to school? What'd you do when you were in school? Yeah. What were your interests? Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, that career history from a life history perspective is more important to me now than it used to be before because, you know, everybody sort of, it was more, there was more context to it. Yeah. Now for us, there's less context. Right. So people are coming from different generations and things have changed so rapidly. Yeah. So that, that, that life history, that career history means more now. And so because of that, that knowledge of where I'm coming from and where they're coming from means more. And then I, I, I ask different questions depending on your, your station in life, if you right. will. I, yeah. I think that's a nice way to say it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and where you came from and what you tell me yeah. as far as your own educational background yeah. is. Um, you know, because everybody needs to be ready to use tech. That's yeah. just that, you know, it's an expectation. Our parents expect it. Yeah. Our students expect well, it. And when you're starting, in, like you said, you're starting a new school where this is just what we do. There has to be an expectation of this is just how you teach. Or this right. is, you just know right. how this goes. Well, it, it just know how it goes. And, yeah. and, and, you know, and again, I'll say it again. It's, it's like, it's the water in which we are swimming. Yeah. We, we, we don't know it's there. We're just breathing it in and out. It's just, it's just who we are. And, yeah. And, and you know, I, I love my my teachers currently. They they use tech flawlessly, seamlessly. It's not a big deal. If something doesn't work, they kill themselves to fix it themselves. Yeah. They don't, they'll like immediately call the tech guy to come rescue them. Yeah. 
and then if they really come to the end of their rope and they're really super frustrated, then probably they can't fix it themselves. Yeah. They, they, they really can't Then something's really wrong. Then something really is wrong. <laughs> right, right. Even yeah. today, me. Yeah. Why is the wireless not working? Yeah. I tried every password, and then I go in, and then they've changed the password to something crazy. Yeah. Like, really? Yeah. Did you not tell us that? You know, that was <laughs> yeah. that kind of thing. So it, 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 that kind of stuff that's really very, very important to us is teachers who are adaptable, flexible, are learners, they're creative, they're collaborative, um, all those you know, valued behaviors that are avenues yeah. uh, make for a great tech teacher. But tech isn't the focus anymore. We don't talk about it. Yeah. It's just us. It's an expectation. Yeah. That's great. Because I, I, I hope there are more and more schools that are getting there and more and more leaders like yourself who just understand that that needs to be, it should be just an expectation at this point of teachers. One of the things that I'm struggling with is still having teachers who during trainings and stuff will come out and actually say, well, I'm just not good at tech. And I try to, I have a hard time with that in 2019. I uh, have no tolerance for it. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, I, 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 don't, I can't, I, I don't even comprehend it. Frankly. Yeah. And that, yeah, it, 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 I'm glad to hear that because I have a hard time with yeah, it. Yeah. You know, it's like, give me a break. Yeah. Like, why are you, why, how do you operate your life now? Yeah. And, and, and then, Interestingly enough, if you hear someone who says that, I often say to them, so what do you mean by that? I see a phone in your hand. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you, do you want a laptop? Yeah. Online banking? Do you, do you, yeah, right. How do you do your banking? Yeah. Uh, you know, what are your credit cards? Uh, you know, somebody from the United States, I would say that, frankly, uh, your, your own self-being is pretty dependent on the internet. Yeah. You come to a country like China and we live off our cell phones. Yeah, this place everything is, crazy. is everything is on our cell phones. Yeah. And, and parents don't even want to answer our emails. They, they they expect you to send them a WeChat to let them know you sent them an email. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, so it's it's it's, it's interesting. I, but and once you dig in a little bit, people they think they are expected to do deeply embedded, highly technical units in their classrooms. And then after kind of being walked through that a little bit, they understand that maybe they already have those capabilities, but they don't trust themselves enough to sort of let go of the control to their kids. Yeah. I agree with that. I think it's a bigger issue than yeah. I'm not good it's at It's a tech. mindset. Yeah. It's a mindset Absolutely. and an understanding of the role of technology in yeah. classrooms. Because back in the day, maybe when I was in school, maybe when you were in school, we went off to a computer lab. Yeah. I was a tech teacher. Right. Yeah. Well, I, uh, yeah, I remember that. I think yeah. I gave you, you that job. Yeah, you did. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and I, uh, one of my favorite memories, actually, uh, as a learner, as, yeah. a, as a student in college and in high school, was taking uh, like 19, uh, okay, I'm gonna make everyone <laughs> shocked on this one. 1981, 1980, I took a programming class. Yeah. So we had a TRS 80 computers in our, and, and my dad was the high school principal, and we had like nine in a lab. It was like a huge expense. It probably, Probably leveraged uh, probably a large part of his you know budget yeah. uh, for high school. 
and we learned basic. We learned to program in basic, and I remember getting so deeply embedded in the idea of developing a computer program. I can't even remember what it was about. It's yeah. probably very simple and simple right now. Yeah. But it wasn't about that. It was about me thinking through the logic. And I, I, I remember sitting in my living room after school one night and talking with my mom. And uh, all of a sudden, I looked up and went, "Oh my gosh, I've got it! I've got the solution." <laughs> I know how to solve the problem. I know how to. I know how to make the program work. Yeah. And she's like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "No, I know. I know the code to make that work. I know how to make that solution work." And she, she was like, "Okay." And she sort of, "Well, that's great, Andy." And sort of patted me on the back. <laughs> and and I, literally, I got up from work from from the couch, and I, like I was a junior, maybe a sophomore in high school. I can't remember. And I, we lived a block from the high school. Yeah. And I knew my dad was still at school. Yeah. And I got up and walked to the high school, found him, and made made him let me into the high school <laughs> computer lab, where I loaded a cassette tape yeah. with my computer program. Of course. And loaded up into the computer and solved the problem because I had access. I was right. lucky. I had yeah. access. And uh, I, and I remember that that flow and that that feeling in my head like, oh my gosh, I got the solution. Yeah. So right here, right in the front of me. Yeah. And then over and over again over the years, I've had similar experiences with technology where I've been trying to solve a problem, I couldn't figure it out, you know, Lego logo and yeah. logo. Yeah. And then I was, you know, doing some simple programming and some C and then I'm learning how to use spreadsheets and so on and like that 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 feeling in your head when you really like catch something on and you yeah. know it after failure after failure yeah. after failure yeah. after failure. motivates me to find that again yeah very cool yeah so uh, you know it's like that's what i want for the kids in the classrooms but it's different now because they're solving different kinds of problems yeah and honestly jeff this is what our school is about it's not about solving these kind of problems which mean nothing right our school is about solving problems that mean something for the world and so at avenues we push kids to think about and ask hard questions about how they can make a difference in the world. Yeah. And the thing is, kids nowadays, thanks to the power of the internet, yeah. thanks to the power of technology, yeah, thanks to great teachers who can motivate them and put them in place where they can do it, they can solve worldwide problems sitting in their bedrooms at night yeah, I know. by crazy, motivating huh? millions of people yeah. or by you know, doing great research or by connecting to researchers or by contributing to the greater good in, in with data or whatever the case may be and that makes me super happy yeah. and, and this is why I joined this organization because we make kids ask those questions yeah. our goal is to create worldwide global citizens who can solve uh, global problems yeah. that's what we're doing in this organization and it, guess what we have examples over and over again where kids are doing that work yeah. it's not aspirational we have solid examples yeah. over and over again. Yeah. That's so good. And I think, you know, to your point, it's just what an incredible time. I can't imagine being a student today and having the accessibility and being able to go to a school like that where you you have the power and empowering kids to do that kind of work. That is, you know, that... Well, I, I, I openly invite anyone who's listening to, you know, make an appointment, come in, spend some time with our students on our New York campus, or spend their time with our, our students on Sao Paulo. We're going to have students in 
our uh, campus in Shenzhen here in uh, May and June, where we've got 20 kids coming in from New York and Sao Paulo, and they're uh, charged with a series of technical challenges and problems, but at the end, they will build some version of a 3D printer. Yeah. Uh, the guys that I've been working with and talking with, they're talking about, well, we can make a room-sized 3D printer. <laughs> <laughs> or they can, you know, build things and they have a, they're like doing wires around the room and they're, they're trying to strategize how that's going to look to something like, yeah, they're going to build uh, pocket watches or yeah. wallets or whatever. Whatever the case may be, they need to solve a problem. So it comes from a design challenge approach. Perspective, yeah. And the first thing, that, you know, the thing is like, well, so what do people need? What's the empathetic approach to it? What, yeah. what are we looking for? Masters. They're, they're so renaissance, you know, you know, Teachers, they is like a, they're, they're they're you know masters of all. They're, yeah. they're amazing, super smart. And and the first thing they said was, so if we ask the two-year-olds in a small world classroom what they need, what would they tell us? If a two-year-old could really talk, what would they tell you they need? Yeah. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I'm not two. <laughs> let's think through that a little bit. Yeah. And uh, so I challenged the classroom teachers to look at the world through a two-year-old's eyes. What would make their life easier or better in some way, or a tool to help them learn in different ways? And so we've got a really big, a really hot brainstorm list going on right now of different ideas, and then we're gonna give that to the to the uh, Mastery Academy kids. The kids are coming into Shenzhen, saying, "So here's what we thought two-year-olds would say. Cool. What can you do for them? Cool. What can you make for them? And that's our, that's their first project. That's cool. And then we'll grow from there. Yeah, that's great. The the ultimate end goal on that though is. They, we want them to create a 3D printer that serves a larger purpose and a positive purpose yeah. instead of something that's, and there's a lot of negative stuff in the world. Yeah. And we need to turn these kids' minds around to see the world in a positive yeah. way. Yeah. I love that. And I'll encourage everybody listening, uh, if you want to learn more about Avenues, you can go to avenues.org is the website for the school. And again, uh, campuses in New York, Sao Paulo, Brazil, and then here in Shenzhen, China is the third of yeah, many and, to come. And, and, and Avenues oh, Online. Online, that's AON.Avenues.org. Right. All right. <laughs> and we'll make sure all the shows, all the links are in the show notes. As always, uh, thank you for letting me interrupt your dinner to do this. I appreciate it. It's good to be back with our friends. Uh, so thank you. Cheers, man. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit sospodcast.org, facebook.com slash Jeff Udick, and on Twitter at judick. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time on Shifting Our Schools.